0: You're asking people who want to help you to put on a blindfold, spin them around four times, put them in a different room, turn off the lights and hit a dartboard uh, three rooms away.
1: Hey there, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Branded Merch Podcast. It's the definitive podcast for marketing professionals who want to leverage Branded Merch to grow their business and their organization. I'm one of your co-hosts, Kirby Hossman, and joining me today and joining me as always is my good buddy from Brand of Eight, Bill Petrie. Bill, thanks for joining me, buddy. How are you doing today? Hey uh, Kirby, always great to be here. I'm doing great. Spring has sprung
0: here in Middle Tennessee, Ooh, nice. and I couldn't be happier. So uh, shorts are on. Uh, mm. It's time to get jealous. some barbecue going, but everything's going great. How about yourself?
1: I'm doing well. I'm I'm a little jealous. Uh, I think spring is here on the calendar, but it's uh, if spring is dreary and rainy, then it's here in Ohio. Mm-hmm. But I'm <laughs> I'm hoping for a little bit warmer, a little bit sunnier weather. But we're, I'm doing well though, bud. Um, awesome. If if it is your first time listening or watching the branded merch podcast, what we do each week is Bill brings up a topic around the marketing world. We've talked websites, we've talked uh, Chat GPT, we've talked all kinds of stuff that are relevant to you in your marketing world, and then we have a topic around branded merch. So, Bill, you lead it off. What marketing topic do you have for us today?
0: Yeah, Kirby, I've, I've been actually working with a couple of my clients on rebranding. okay. And a component of that is coming up with brand standards. And it sh- it's always amazing to me that so many companies don't have a brand standards, either manual or online, Ooh. or just they don't have a guidebook to help people. And so I wanted to share three reasons why you really should consider having brand standards, uh, why they matter. And I'd love your input if you want to hop in on these. Sure. The first reason is honestly, most importantly, it maintains consistency. Um, You do not want to be wishy-washy with your colors or your font. Uh, It keeps your brand consistent and recognizable. And that's super important. If you're trying to establish a brand, you want your audience to understand who you are, what to expect time after time after time. And that's where brand standards can really, really help.
1: Yeah. Again, as you might expect, I totally agree. Um, I think that this really gets compelling the moment you have more than one person doing posting, more than one person doing marketing. Um, If you have a a bigger organization where it's like all of a sudden you start to hand that off, people can unfortunately get creative in not particularly good ways. Um, So yeah, setting that standard and saying, no, this is our color. This is our logo. Don't do anything outside of our logo. That's a reasonable ask for a brand.
0: It is. And I'm going to get to, I'm going to expand on something you just said. So hold on to your glasses, Kirby. (laughs) All right. Number two, it provides a clear understanding of your brand. And that's not just for the designers in the organization. That's Mm. for everyone in the organization so that they truly understand what your brand is what it stands for, and how it communicates. So uh, it's a great asset for new employees learning how the brand really communicates to your target audience. And you'd said it yourself, Kirby, as your organization grows, everybody is a brand ambassador. Every Mm. single person, I don't care what their actual job is, part of their function is to be a brand ambassador. And If they don't understand your brand, how can you expect your end user clients to uh, understand your brand?
1: Yeah. And, and I think that I've heard you say not on this podcast necessarily, but in other things we've done together, that your brand is not just your logo. So having your team, having your whole organization understand what that stands for and why makes them better brand ambassadors so they can tell the story so that all of a sudden you can get it out to the masses, for sure.
0: And and just yeah, absolutely. And to expand on that, your brand isn't what you think it means. Mm, Your brand is what your audience thinks it means. It's about the emotions it elicits when they see your logo or hear your name being said or think yeah. about the work you do it's about the emotion that elicits and the third one kirby uh, and this is where i'll get into a little bit about what you had said it defines some rules right it defines mm. rules very clearly the logo usage safe space color palette different topographies all those things a lot of people feel like oh especially in the creative field feel like a, a, a brand standards manual is limiting that's limiting mm. my creativity and i would argue it does the exact opposite it just tells you where the parameters are. So if anything, it should free you up to say, I absolutely can go this direction. I can do these things. So they help creators by ensuring
1: all branding elements appear as they should. Yeah, and I again, I'm a believer that constraints help creativity, not the other way around. Like if you don't know, like so many times people like, uh, oh, you can do anything you want sometimes that's harder than giving a a, paralyzing. Yeah. Somebody to say, okay, you've got this budget. Here's the target market. Here's what you're trying to do. It actually makes it much easier to create something really compelling. So constraints actually help with creativity. So I, I, I'm a total believer in that. And there's a million
0: more reasons I could tell you why a very simple 10 page brand standards manual matters. But I will tell you, if you don't have one, take the time and burn the calories to create one because it will help everybody really understand who your company is, what your brand is, what it stands for, and communicate it to your audience. And that's my marketing topic today, Kirby.
1: I I tell you, I love it. And I just want to say, like, I want to sort of call myself out. Again, we very recently created one for Hasma Marketing. After all these years, we didn't have one, mainly Mm -hmm. because it was one or two of us that were creating a lot of it. And the moment, at one point, somebody else did something, uh, mm-hmm. for us and i walked i looked at it and i was like i don't i don't like it that's not yeah. and, and after that moment uh dustin haywood in, in my office sat down and did as you said burn the calories to to put it together and i was like oh it's and we you know went mm-hmm. through the hey here's our color here's our complementary color here's yep. this here's here's the fonts we use all that stuff and it was like oh cool right. now i don't have to make that decision every time and so it, exactly. it's really helpful
0: but I will tell you, as someone who does work with a lot of clients and do a lot of creative work for them, it's stunning to me because the first thing I ask uh, in a kickoff meeting is please send me your branch standards. And I'd say four times out of five, they don't exist. And wow. so uh, and and so you, you kind of have to establish those on the fly.
1: I love it. Well, and I say, right. again, if you do that, then you're ahead of the game with most people based on what you're saying.
0: Ab- absolutely. And this
1: should lead right into... What you're going to talk about. Yeah, because when we talk about branded merch, you know, there are people who do it really well, and then there are people who struggle. And I think what we wanted to talk about today are some mistakes that we have both seen people and organizations make when doing branded merch. And sort of like we just did here, Bill, I'll I'll throw them at you, sure, and you you jump in and, and give me your take on whether you agree, disagree, or expand upon it. So number one, number one, the number one mistake I see people make when doing branded merch is they simply don't ask. They don't think about who it's for, the specific audience that it's for. Um, And I think that is a huge mistake that I see over and over again.
0: I just saw this today. Couldn't agree with you more. Uh, Kirby and I are in a forum where a lot of uh, promotional products professionals ask each other for help. It's a really uplifting community where they ask, "Hey, I have a client; they're looking for this. Can someone help me here? I'm mm-hmm. I'm kind of in an impasse." Uh, but the person asked, um, "I need uh, 40 products for a sales meeting, 30 to 40 dollars range." And I wrote, and it's exactly what I would say. <laughs> is, you know. You're asking people who want to help you to put on a blindfold, spin them around four times, put them in a different room, turn off the lights, and hit a dartboard uh, three rooms away. You can't do it because it's fine it's for a sales meeting. Is that sales executives? Is it internal sales? Is it online sales? Is it sales outside sales? Is it uh, sales support? Uh, what, what is it? So who, who is it? What have they done before? What is the goal of this? Who are they selling to? How, what are they selling? Products or services? What kind of organization are they? Are they a not-for-profit or for-profit? Understanding who the ultimate recipient is of that promotional product is so key to a successful campaign. And it's the most overlooked question that people should ask. So absolutely, Kirby, couldn't agree with you more.
1: Yeah, I love it. Thank you for because I agree. And it's the easiest question. It's the one that should be the first one we ask and we don't do it. So that's number one. And I think sometimes clients, by the way, do that because they think they know. And then they think the people that they're working with know, but not always because some of the the finer detail uh, really makes a huge difference. So uh, Mm -hmm. number two, the number two mistake I see, And this is something that you and I, I I want to give credit where credit is due. A guy named Bobby Lee, is the first person I heard say this, they don't consider what they want the recipient to feel right. Branded merch when done well, elicits an emotion. Um, And so many times we're just willy nilly with, okay, I've got this much to spend. I'm going to get some stuff and put a logo on it. What's the goal. And so what do you want the recipient to feel? What do you say, Bill?
0: I, I agree. It's, it's very similar to what I spoke about with your brand standards. Your brand elicits an emotion. That decorated nugget of awesomeness that you're handing out is an extension of your brand. So it too will elicit an emotion, whether it's a tumbler or, or a t-shirt or a padfolio or a backpack or a speaker. It's going to elicit an emotion because they're going to see your brand on it. It's going to bring that. And in, in if, if the brand is not aligned with the product and the purpose that the product is supposed to serve, it's not going to work well.
1: Yeah, yeah. Another one is they only consider the budget, right? And then yep. it goes a little mm-hmm. bit toward what we just said. The budget is, right. of course, important. You, you, you have to mm-hmm. figure out what you have the ability to spend and you shouldn't overspend it. But I think what the mistake, though, is they only think about that and not how the product represents the brand. You can do a- an inexpensive yeah. item that isn't crappy, right? Correct. So how does it represent you? Absolutely. Uh, I think,
0: uh, you you know, I don't know what I can really add to that because I totally agree branded merchandise doesn't have to be expensive. It can be exceptionally cost-effective, especially when you factor in the cost per impression. Right. So understanding what the budget is on the front end is critically important to the creativity that you would give your clients.
1: Yes. And to that point kind of leads kind of my next one is when I see campaigns or just, hey, I bought some stuff and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons is because they're not targeted. You know, branded merchandise mm-hmm. is, that that's the superpower is it can reach mm-hmm. directly into it. Where I see people make mistakes is they get a bunch of stuff and they throw it at a wall and they try to treat branded merch like mass media. And right. that's when it doesn't work because you're not using it the way it's just, it's, it's like, you know, using um, a radio spot for people who don't listen to the radio, right? So they are not targeted. And that's a big mistake I see.
0: 100%. And I would even kind of just just round that out, because it's exactly what you're saying. Mm -hmm. You're not thinking about the distribution of it. Love it. How is this being given out? Is it being yes. mailed? If so, how are you following up on it? How are you engaging? What data are you collecting? Are you handing it out in person? Maybe at Grand Central Terminal at the trains. When I used to live in New York, that happened all the time. People would hand stuff out. Mm. So what is the distribution? What do you want to collect from it? And you establish that up, up, up very close up front is how it's going to be given to the recipients, yeah. hugely important to the overall success of a campaign, 100%.
1: Love it. One more. And then if you have any more, feel free to add, but yep. one of the things I see now, and this is a new trend that I actually am excited about, but one of the mistakes I see is they only just slap a logo on it. That's, it doesn't matter sort of what the tribe is or who it is for. You can often create a theme around it that actually matters to the audience into a, something that they want to use. They want to drink out of, they want to wear Right. rather than just putting your company logo. And so correct thinking about it differently which goes back to who's it for um yeah. is is a mistake that I see people make when they don't do that.
0: Yeah, when you don't consider what that experience is. Mm-hmm. What if you're doing let's say you're distributing the merchandise via uh, regular mail which I'm a big fan of by the way. Mm-hmm. I think you know that is a lot, not a lost art but it's a fading art for sure. Uh, I know I don't open bills first. If I get a box, that's what gets opened first. Uh, so, how, what does that box look like? What is it? What is that moment when they open the box look like? How is that experience uh, handled? And again, when you do that and you think about the entire touch point, the entire experience, that's why promotional products, that's why branded merch matters so much in the world of advertising, because you can really create a moment whereas a magazine ad just, just can't do it.
1: Yeah. That's good stuff. Any others that you want to add or is that good? I think that's good. I mean, I I could think of several more, but I don't know what they would
0: be. Uh, I mean the one that I will add one, I will add just one is not taking into consideration what has been done before. Hmm, okay. a lot well, like of times, that. if you have if you have a same audience, for example, trade shows a great example. A lot of people give out things at a trade show, taking the a few minutes what you've given out before, what's worked and what hasn't worked right, right. and And understanding that will help you shape, okay, what do we want to do here? so I, I always like to to think of that what what's worked in the past and what hasn't worked. I don't think that's considered enough.
1: I love it. Dude, thank you so much for taking the time. I always appreciate it. I know you, Bill's my a busy pleasure. guy. And so he takes a little time out to help us kind of uh, elevate and educate and uh, appreciate you, brother.
0: Oh, my pleasure. It's always great. And I uh, hope this provides some
1: value to everybody out there. I love it. Cool. Well, hey, that's going to wrap it up. Thank you for listening to this latest episode of the Brandon Merch Podcast. Of course, it's brought to you by Hosman Marketing. You can find it on the Delivering Marketing Joy podcast. Uh, podcast network. And if you want to know how to do merch, right, head to hossamanmarketing.com. We actually have a book, Delivering Marketing Joy, which is free. You can download it right there. So please do that. And uh, yeah, thanks so much, man. Appreciate you doing it. We'll see you next time. See you next time.